Thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is The Earth is a Battleground. I want to tell you where I'm getting this message from. It's actually from 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 14, where it says that even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. He masquerades as an angel of light. It's, it's one of those things where it's kind of a play on words. You have to figure it out because we're talking about Satan acting like he's an angel. And how that happens is he comes before you and I and he presents things that are evil and makes them look like they're good. And then he'll present things that are good and he'll treat them like they're evil. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says this, that in the last days, many will call right things wrong and wrong things right. They will call black white and white black. They will call what's bitter sweet and what's sweet bitter. This is the play, this is the move that Satan is going to have is he's going to creep into our world and he's going to whisper to us things to get us to bring our standards down. The standard of holiness that we should pursue, he's going to get us to pull it down and he'll whisper to us things like, it's not going to send you to hell. It's not going to send you to hell. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and do it. It's not going to send you to hell. And he'll masquerade. And what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of people who were once passionate about the things of God. They're passionate about the house of God. And then all of a sudden, one day at a time, one week at a time, The love of many will grow cold. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, it says, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. So this is how he's going to present himself. He's going to whisper into our ears to try to get us to look at things that we've always known were wrong. Now we're going to second guess and go, well, maybe it's not so bad. It's an angel of light. Let me illustrate this. Uh, my wife and I have three kids. We have a 16-year-old girl, a 13-year-old boy, and a 7-year-old little girl. And uh, my, my vision for children before we had any was that they were going to want to ride bikes together all day long. That they were going to sit down and play Monopoly with each other and Twister with each other and Uno with each other. And, and they, they were going to make forts on their bed with their covers. And I'd have to say, stop playing with each other and go to bed. That's what I really thought it was going to happen. I can't pay them to want to play it with each other because each of the three think they're too cool for the other. So they never play with each other. And I'm like, come on, you're messing up my dream here. My son, Luke, who's 13, he's on the front row. He's going to get real mad, but it's going to be fun making you mad. He is, I'm not going to say he's addicted to screens, but he really, 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 really likes them. If it was up to him, he would do three things in his life. He would use the bathroom, get on screens, and then get on screens again. 
And again, it doesn't matter if it's a phone screen, a laptop screen, a desktop screen. He wants to play games and he likes to watch videos from YouTube. He is so, and so Allie and I have had to make a boundary, a time limit on how long he can be on screens. It's, it's just reality. So this is it. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I said, hey, Luke, your time's up. You're done. Off. I go to the back room. He's on his screen. But there's a little twist to it. He's playing on the screen with Kate. And you see where I'm going here. I'm half Italian, half Brazilian, and so all of the passion came out at once, and with gusto, I politely said, why are you on the screens? And his exact words were, I just want to play with my baby sister. I just want to play with my baby sister. That is a perfect example of masquerading as an angel of light. He's taking what's wrong and he's presenting it as right. Are you with me? Say yes. Come on, let me hear. Are you with me? Say yes. He's rebaking it. He's reshuffling the deck. So I didn't know what to do. And so I said, Luke, I know what you're doing. (laughs) I want you to stop doing what you're doing because I know that you're doing what you're not supposed to be doing and presenting it as if you're supposed to be doing that. And you know you're not supposed to be doing that. And you're trying to masquerade it because you're doing this So stop doing this and stop doing that and enough already. I don't know if that made any sense to him. I don't know if it made any sense to you. But I walked out huffing and puffing thinking, he's only 13. I'm going to have a problem when he gets a little bit older. The little rascal's getting smart. He's presenting it. This is how the enemy works. It's a scary thing. Jesus told a parable in Matthew chapter 25. He said this. He goes, 10 virgins are waiting for their their groomsmen. This is a type and shadow of the church. The 10 virgins represent us, Christians, the church. And the groomsmen represents Jesus. He goes, 10 virgins are waiting for their groomsmen. He goes, five of them will stop waiting. They'll get tired of waiting. They'll start doing something else. And when I see them, I will not let them come into the kingdom of God. He said this exact thing in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. He says, on judgment day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? Haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we done miracles in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. What is he saying? He's saying half of the people in the church, it's all lip service. They're actors. Give them a Grammy. Give them an Oscar. But they're not coming in. You and I can fake each other out. 
We can't fake him out. We cannot fake him out. You can come to church and get 52 stars on your attendance sheet. There's a big difference in what you do physically and what you do spiritually. There's a big difference. There's a massive difference between what you say and what you do. If I'm standing up on a diving board and I'm saying, hey, look, there's no snakes in the lake. Let's say I'm at a lake. Forget a pool. I'm at a lake. And I said, there's no snakes in there. I promise. Jump in. And then you say to me, well, you jump in first. I'm like, just trust me. There's no snakes. Jump in. No, no, no. You jump in. I'm not jumping in. But just take my word for it. There's no snakes. Go ahead. I've got lip service. But I got no action to support what I'm saying. Are you with me? Say yes. Yes. See, your actions do not reserve salvation. Your actions reflect your salvation. My actions of jumping into the lake prove that what I'm saying I really believe. Five virgins will not be ready for their bridegroom. Half of the church, the church, not the world. We already know that half of the church will find something better to do. They'll say they believe in Jesus and they'll rest in a beanbag of Romans chapter 10, verse nine. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. You know it, and I believe so that I'm going to be saved. Slow your roll, girlfriend. <laughs> Say that verse all over again, nice and slow. Because they really like to say it fast. If I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. No, 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 no. no. Rewind. Say it again. If I confess with my mouth, That Jesus is Lord. Lord of what? Lord of my life. He's the Lord of my life. I worship him. I serve him. I'm I'm, I'm his child. And I'm so grateful for what he did for me. And every moment I wake up is I'm here to serve you. I love you. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit. He's my closest friend. He's a comforter. He teaches me. It's John 14, 26. He's a comforter. He teaches me and reminds me of everything that you've ever said. I love you. I'm here to serve you. Oh, no, 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 no. Not that. I just confessed him. Okay, well, don't mention that verse anymore. Please, you're insulting me and you're insulting the scriptures. And you just exposed yourself. Somebody give him a Grammy. Because he's not getting a crown. Can I be honest today? Or do you want to play patty cake? I can play patty cake. I have two girls. I can play patty cake. But if 2020 taught us anything, life is only getting harder. This earth is not a picnic. It's not a party. It's a battleground. It's a battleground. You know, um, let me see if I can bring it a little closer to home. People who are unhealthy, they're unhealthy. Um, When they look in the mirror, they don't like what they see. They don't like pictures. They can't stand selfies. They don't like seeing themselves and they don't want to look in the mirror. 
But people like that tend to have virtues that they're proud of. Virtues like character, integrity. They're consistent. They're faithful. They're proud of those. And they find their identity in those. The other group of people, there's lots of groups, and we're just talking about two. The people that look in the mirror and they kind of like what they see and they love selfies. Ah! They love selfies. But those people take great pride in what they see, but not so much in their virtues. And they feel bad about it. They don't pray as much as they should do. They don't go to the church as much. Or they're, not, they're not honest. They're kind of fake. And they know that in their heart. It's hard. And so what the enemy does is he looks at the people that don't like what they see in the mirror, and, but they do have confidence in their, their virtues, and so they pick at what they see. Look at you, look at you, look at you, look at you. You're out of shape. Look at you, you're out of shape. Look at you, look at you, you look at you. Look at you, pop, 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 and just make you feel down. But he doesn't use the same strategy with this person because they like what they see in the mirror. The only thing they say is, Oh, you haven't prayed in a long time. You haven't gone to church in a long time. Who do you think you are? He tries to figure out where you're weak and he just bangs at it and bangs at it and bangs at it and chips away and chips away and chips. It's like hitting a tree trunk at the bottom and kicking it, waiting for it to fall. He tries to figure out where you're weak. And what's interesting is that where we're weak is different for everybody. I've been speaking, teaching, preaching for about 25 years. For 22 years, I'd wake up in the middle of the night with a panic. For 22 years. I'm sorry, my, my Britney Spears mic is messing with me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night in a complete panic. Because I'd have this rolling nightmare. That I'd show up to church and I'd forget my notes at home. And I'd wake up and I'd ask my other preacher friends do you guys have this recurring dream they're like no I don't know what you're talking about you're nuts I'm like man you could have lied to me don't you want somebody don't you want somebody to love you enough to lie like just lie okay I know I'm the only one I just say yeah me too that feels nice to hear every once in a while throw me a bone but nobody threw me a bone but I was getting so tired Then I'd sit in like a movie theater and I'd hear this little voice that would never happen. But if you had the opportunity right now to stand up and talk to the entire movie theater for 10 minutes, could you preach anything or do you need notes? For 22 years, I asked my other pastor, my favorite preachers, preach with notes. The people that I look up with, I look up to, they preach with notes. My closest friends, they preach with notes. Why is the enemy constantly after me on this? Why is the enemy after you on what you look at? Why is the enemy after you at how you look? Why is the enemy after you about your virtues? He looks and he has a unique attack for all of us. And each of us have to decide... Are we going to fight this or are we going to get our can kicked over and over and over and over and over? And if you get beat too long, you will lose heart. 
And you will lose hope and you will lose faith and you will lose intimacy. And before you know it, it's like the five virgins where at that point they just walk off. And they're gone. This is what I'm trying to tell you today. I don't know where you're weak, but you know where you're weak. And you need to back up and say, the enemy has come in like a flood. And a flood kind of creeps up to a wall and then finds a crack and then goes through the crack. You got to look at your wall and say, how is he getting to me? How is he getting to me? And then all of a sudden, that's not going to happen anymore. And plug that hole. Three years ago, I decided I'm going to know my stuff so well that I can't forget it. That I can't forget it. I'm going to learn it so well, I can't forget there's a big difference between know it, studying to learn, and then once you learn it, you study it so you can't forget it. So guess what? Every time I'm in a movie theater now, and I have that thought, what if I had to stand up and say something to everybody right now? What would I say? I whisper back, try me. Try me. <laughs> say when. I'm your huckleberry. Say when. <laughs> I don't know where he's coming after you, but just know this. The intensity of the attack is going to increase. Amen. 2021 is not going to be easier. It's going to be harder. But you are going to get stronger. Amen. See, it's almost like that, that, that you know, um, <laughs> uh, in high school, people would get nose to nose and yell at each other before they fight. It's just kind of a, a, a like a build up to the fight and a big circle get around them. And if they take too long, you kind of walk up to them and you push somebody into them and, and then it gets going. Right. So you're standing you're like, my gosh, I got I got to get to class. You guys have been staring at each other for five minutes. And you kind of push them into each other and get this thing going. And all of a sudden you go, oh, and you try to get this thing going, get this thing going. But every once in a while, a guy won't stand there and stare. He just walks into the center of the circle and goes, bang. And the other guy's like, I didn't know we were fighting yet. I didn't know. I didn't know we were fighting yet. And everyone's like freaking out. It's like, okay, good. Now I don't have to be late to class. I think 2020 was like a cold cock that we weren't, a cold cock that we weren't expecting. So I didn't know we were fighting. I didn't know we were fighting. It just burnt down my house. What just happened here? But then you're like, okay, 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 I didn't know we were fighting. I didn't know we were fighting. But now that I know, I know how to do this too. Are you with me? Say yes. Now that I know that we're in war. How many of you, if you go into your bedroom and nobody's home and you get on your knees, you know that gear that you can go into? If you don't know what that gear looks like, I'm going to tell you what it looks like. It's not eloquent. It's not soft. It sounds nothing like the way you pray for your breakfast. Nothing like that. When you pray for your breakfast, it's like, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for my pancakes. I don't know where I'd be without these pancakes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Did you pray? Yes, I prayed. That's how you pray for your breakfast. But when you're in war, James 5.16 says the effectual fervent prayer. Not the eloquent prayer. 
Not the prayer with a lot of scriptures. Fervent prayer. This is what that looks like. Jesus. Jesus. This isn't walking around playing with beads. No. This is, this is laying it all out there. You may only say Jesus the entire time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. If you don't know how to pray fervently, that doesn't mean that the battle will not come to you. The battle's coming to you. You just won't win. The only way to win is to roll up your sleeves and go, okay, I didn't know we were fighting. Lucky for me, I've got the king of kings ready to go. I got him ready to go. And just so you know, just so you can do, you, you kind of talk trash before you start praying. Ephesians 3.20 says, I can't even imagine how far and how wide he loves me. I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine how far and how wide. I can't even imagine how deep and how high. It's so deep. It's so high. It's so wide. He loves me. You're in a lot of trouble. And you start praying. Do you know my nightmares didn't go away till about 12 months ago? It took two and a half years to plug that hole. Two and a half years. That's something that the foolish virgins would never do. Because if God doesn't move when they ask, they're out. Can I just say, can we stop condemning Jesus when he doesn't do what we want him to do? There's so many times where worshipers and Christians leave the faith. They don't even act. They, they're, they're done pretending. They leave the faith. Because Jesus didn't do what they expected him to do. See, God has this complex. He thinks he's God. <laughs> and he could do whatever he wants to do. He doesn't need to run it by you to make sure that you're good with it. He doesn't stand in heaven and go, oh, Frankie doesn't know my plan. Don't move. Michael, sit down. Gabriel, sit down. I got I to gotta get Frankie in on this. He just moves. Now, the wonderful thing is the wise virgins, they had to wait. They had to wait. It wasn't easy. It was not easy. The disciples, their life did not, when they met Jesus' life, all of a sudden started getting really good. No, it got worse and worse. Every day they woke up, it got worse and worse and worse. Every day they woke up, it got worse and worse and worse until somebody killed them. That's how it ended. 11 out of 12. It doesn't get easier, but it does become unbelievably precious what those disciples were experiencing was so precious that they were willing to give their life for it I want to say for everybody here that you're not passionate about the things of God keep on coming please keep on coming because I want to ignite that fire in your heart but be alarmed. Be alarmed that you are not, you are, if you take, this is what I do. I take a spiritual pulse 
to see where my passion is. And very often, I don't like the readout. And I'll back up and say, Holy Spirit, you're here to help me. I don't like where I'm at with God right now. Help me pray. Help me. And he is so faithful to answer that. But if you think you're going to just kind of cakewalk to heaven, there is a cakewalk road. It's really wide. And there's a lot of room. But that narrow path is for the five virgins that hang on. I want to tell you, at this present moment, according to Romans chapter 11, verse 5, at this present moment, there is a remnant that God has put together that is going to move in the gifts because they won't, they refuse to move any other way. They refuse to live life outside of his presence. There is a remnant. And if while I'm talking and while you're listening to me, you feel something in your heart saying, that's me, I'm, that's me, that's me. Then I want to tell you, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you, telling you that it's you. And we're about to live the best years of our life. Can you put your hands together for that? The best years of our life. The best years. I'm not saying they're going to be easy years, but they're going to be the best years. They're going to be the best years. I want to show you a testimony of somebody that got healed in our church recently. Take a look at this. Back in the summertime, um, I would say end of June, July, I was having hearing loss. Um, With the hearing loss, I had a little bit of sharp pain in my ear. It would come, come and go, and I would continue to praise God. And uh, I remember one night, it was a Wednesday night, we were having life group. And as we were preparing the life group uh, for food and everything, I got down on my knees and I was praying. Um, And I asked God, I said, God, I know that you are healing my ear, but I also know that there's people that are coming into life group that need healing as well. So as people came in, we had great fellowship. We ate, we, we had a great time. And as it was coming time to close, we all prayed for each other. And I remember my friend came over and she prayed over my ear. And it was great. Uh, I had a great prayer time. Everybody left and uh, went to bed that night and I felt really encouraged. So I woke up the next day and went about my daily prayer. And I just continued to thank God um, for everything he had done for me. So was done with my prayer time and I logged in for work. And as I was logging in, I just had this thought that came to me. It it wasn't even a thought. It was more of an impression. And all it said was ear. And at that moment, I grabbed my ear with my left hand and my mouth just dropped open. And I knew at that moment that God had healed me. And I have not had pain since. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. If you're new here, you, you just need to know for the past two and a half years, I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. Every time we go for healing, people get healed. Every time. Not everybody gets healed, but every time people get healed. Our church is 15 years old. It's only started happening maybe two and a half years ago. I'd like our prayer partners to come down if they would. 
And every once in a while, I'll feel like the Lord is, is whispering to me who he wants to heal. And sometimes I think it's God and it's, it's not God, it was me. And then I, I, I have to do the right thing. I have to look at the church and say, I'm sorry. I thought God was talking to me and he wasn't. I'm sorry. And that happens a lot. But when I'm right and I did hear him correctly, I get very, very excited because that means that that person is about to get healed. And a lot of times they get healed before they even come down here for me to pray for them. Every once in a while, somebody doesn't raise their hand and says, I'm not raising my hand. I can't believe you just, this is weird. I'm not raising my hand. And I'm getting sad because I know that if they would have given me an opportunity to pray for them, the Lord would have healed them. And so I want to just kind of lean into that and, um, We'll find out in less than 60 seconds whether or not I'm hearing from God or whether I think I'm hearing from God. So there's a couple of things. The first one that I'm leaning into is this someone here that has a sciatic nerve that's kind of just running down from their hip down to their uh, thing. The other one... Um, uh, elbow, this whole situation here, your right elbow and or your right shoulder and or this right side of the neck. Maybe there's somebody that has all three of it. Maybe there's different people. Maybe I'm talking about three different people. Let's find out. Does anyone here have any one of those four? What is it? You have all four. Well, come down here. Today's your day. Today is your day. Praise the Lord. Shoulder. All right, come here. Come here. Anyone else? Any one of those? Come on down here. Come here, Deborah. Which one is it? Sciatic nerve. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Shoulder. I am a hundred percent confident that the Lord's gonna heal all four of these people. All four. Is there anyone else? See, when a word of, uh, this is called a word of knowledge. I'm not going to go into it. Maybe I'll teach about it during adult discipleship. But a word of knowledge is when the Lord tells you what he wants to do right now. And if you, when I get to it in adult discipleship, this is not reserved for the pastor. This is for children of God. Anyone else? I don't, I want to wait. I feel like there's somebody that hasn't come down and there's, there's one more person that hasn't come down. Who is it? Come on over here. Oh, good. There's two. What is it? Shoulder. Which one is it? Elbow. 
I tell you, it's scary as all get out until the first person raises their hand. It's scary. I don't like looking silly. But you know, when I do miss it, it, it's really a blessing for you guys because you can think to yourself, well, the pastor missed it. I'm going to take a shot. You know, I don't like missing it at all. And I'd rather you grow in a different way. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Sometimes people need a healing and they come to church and they're like, man, I really hope Frankie calls out this. And he call, I hope he calls out this. I hope he calls out this. And then I don't call that out. And then they walk out and they're bummed and disappointed. These prayer partners have more healings and miracles happening when they pray for them than when I pray for them. So I want you to come out of your seat. 10 or 11 people have already been healed. Healing is in the atmosphere. So come on down. But more importantly, if your heart is not right with God, you need to come down here and pray with someone. If your marriage is being held together by dental floss and bubble gum, We've all been there. My wife has been there with me almost weekly. <laughs> so come on down and take the hand of a prayer partner. I'd like for nobody to leave until we sing this song at least once or twice through. And then there's open dismissal. If you want to stay longer than that, you can. But there's open dismissal at that point. I love you all so much. There's good things happening. Let's worship him. Let's worship him.